Welcome to the NWCI Podcast. My name is Addison Combs, and today we've got Jason Reynolds, the Senior Director of the Eastern Division from the Woodworks Wood Product Council. Thanks for joining us, Jason. Thanks for having me. So uh, we're going to talk today about mass timber and CLT, but first I want to get some background on uh, the Woodworks Wood Product Council. Could you tell me a bit about the organization and uh, what it is you do? Okay. So Woodworks uh, is a nonprofit organization. We are funded by the lumber industry, specifically the Softwood Lumber Board, uh, USDA, US Forest Service, and the Forest Innovation Investment. Uh, we also have some national partners that are from the manufacturing side of, of the industry uh, and also have some additional funding from the US Endowment for Rural, for Forest and Rural Economies and, uh, and again, the US Forest Service. Uh, that funding allows us to provide project assistance and education to the architects, engineers, contractors, developers, owners, uh, all the different parties out there in the US construction market that are designing and building uh, commercial and multifamily projects. We provide education through events that are large as several hundred people at a wood design symposium or smaller lunch and learns in an individual firm's office. And then from there, as the firms become involved with projects, we seek to work with them to help them understand the process of designing in wood uh, with the ultimate goal of converting projects from steel and concrete to wood structures. Awesome. From a from a training perspective, what do you see is often like the biggest the biggest uh, hurdle that that company or contractors have to uh, have to tackle, or what is something that they have to have to learn more about dealing with mass timber? So first, uh, the first thing is an understanding of what wood can be used for, and sometimes there's a lack of understanding of that. Um, designers and and contractors might have a lot of experience in other systems. Maybe they don't have that same experience with wood. So when we talk mass timber, uh, it's a breaking down some preconceptions of what it is, what it's not, what it can do, and then expanding that uh, to, to a system in, in bringing a design uh, to fruition. Um, mass timber specifically, uh, it's a newer product in the U.S., really has been uh, a system in the United States for about five years, been used in, in Europe for about 25 years. So it's a proven technology, a proven system, it's just a little bit newer to the US. So it's a matter of education and engagement with contractors um, to help them gain com comfort level with it. Uh, might be some development of project teams, um, kind of a broader understanding of who's involved in these projects across the US and, and helping those teams come together um, so that they can move forward on a project. Diving into that, what, what is mass timber? So mass timber is a category of framing, often using large panelized solid wood construction. It includes cross laminated timber, which commonly referred to as CLT, nail laminated timber, dowel laminated timber, and glue laminated timber. Glue lamb beams have uh, been in the construction world for almost hundred years. So these are long proven technologies. Um, all these different materials are used for floor and wall framing, uh, effectively the skeleton of a building, the structural system that uh, is an equivalent to steel or concrete structures. Cross laminated timber specifically is, and really all of these mass timber products are, are a significant engineered wood product 
that is uses smaller components um, that are laminated or nailed or doweled together to create a larger, stronger system. So really the sum of the parts is greater than the individual members. Transitioning from steel and concrete to mass timber, what, what are some of the opportunities um, or advantages that, that the contractor is going to see on their end? So wood typically costs less, uh, and that's both economically and environmentally. While delivering beauty, versatility, and performance, it meets code requirements for a wide range of building types, uh, often more so than people realize, and it's a low carbon alternative to other materials. Um, specific to a contractor, um, requires smaller on-site crews, uh, which in an ever-increasing uh, difficulty in sourcing construction labor is an important factor. It requires pre-coordination uh, and pre-design effort so that uh, the product manufactured in the, in, the, uh, in the manufacturing facility comes to the field with ready-made holes configured uh, for mechanical, uh, electrical, plumbing uh, systems that need to run through it. A lot of these things that were previously done at high cost and, and higher risk in the field can be done in the manufacturing facility and are extremely precise in what's done uh, so that uh, when it comes to site, it's a matter of plug and play or uh, installation versus uh, additional work that needs to take place. There's an impact to deliver with delivery can can reduce the on-site footprint. It can be just-in-time delivery where things are sequenced and shipped to the job site on a truck. And as it comes in, it's immediately installed on the building to build the system. And then the, the empty truck departs. So it reduces the footprint on site, uh, less for the contractor to manage and just an easier flow on site. Environmentally, it supports healthy forests. And uh, from an economic impact, it's, it's a real contributor to rural economies. Uh, these from a harvesting through the manufacturing process that occurs in, in rural areas uh, can be a real economic impact to those areas from a healthy forest perspective, it creates viable opportunity to use smaller diameter products for forest thinning, which is important for reduction of wildfire risk uh, and the fuels that, uh, that generate those fires. And then you're also uh, kind of replacing that product need that was for concrete before, which um, I know has uh, many environmental detriments where you're, you're having to harvest that sand from riverbeds or um, even in the production of, uh, of the concrete, you're creating that, that extra carbon emissions. Um, whereas when you're working with mass timber, you're actually taking away carbon from the environment, right? So I, I just yeah. kind of expand that to say, you know, it's counterintuitive, but using wood is uh, is an impact, certainly an impact to sustainability. U.S. Forest Service tells us that uh, more than 44 million acres of private forest land could be converted to housing in the next three decades. So strong markets for wood products provide an incentive for landowners to keep forested, forest, forested lands forested. In terms of climate change, it's why wood is widely recognized as a low carbon alternative to other materials. Um, and has a real impact in that it, during the life of its growth cycle, it absorbs, it absorbs carbon. And then that carbon remains in that wood product for the duration of its life as a building structure and even beyond if that material is repurposed when the building is no longer needed. I think a lot of the stigma that comes from um, using wood products comes from the perspective that it's, it's harvested unsustainably. 
and really that's that's something that's that's a, a relic of the past and doesn't really happen anymore where uh, we're, not, we're not going in and cutting down redwood trees. This is timber made to be timber and it'll be uh, built back up after after it's harvested. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, wood is the only building material with third party certification system. Uh, and this is to demonstrate that products being sold have come from sustainably managed resources. We support all four of the internationally recognized programs that are in use in North America and largely the North American wood products industry as a whole um, is, is well-versed and has a very scientifically based uh, forest management program. And uh, I actually attended a wood products tour in the Pacific Northwest last year. Uh, we went onto a timber plantation where uh, Douglas, Douglas fir plantation, where it was in the middle of its third cutting. Uh, so the lifespan of Douglas fir, the, the harvest point is about is somewhere in the 40 to 50 year range. So that's a pretty long outlook and horizon for that company to own and manage that forest uh, where they're uh, keeping it in good health and they have a vested interest in ensuring its growth for the future. Right. And then when you're when you're chopping down those trees, you're uh, pretty much replicating the natural cycle of the forest where in, in, in the wild, that would happen via uh, wildfire or something where uh, all of those old trees are, are burned down and then the, the fresh growth starts up and the ecosystem um, cycles through again. Um, you're kind of replicating that, um, but also reaping the benefits of that timber. So it sounds like a pretty pretty great product. I know I love seeing uh, exposed timber on any buildings that, that I'm in. I think it looks great. And then um, coming to that, you've got the, the contractor benefits and the environmental benefits. Um, so it really seems like the only obstacle here is uh, adoption. And uh, to that extent, I know you're holding a workshop here in the upcoming weeks in the Pacific Northwest. Um, could you go into that? Uh, what, what type of um, information will be covered there? So, you know, just starting just a little bit of history and, and kind of build to that with some of the programs we have upcoming. But, um, you know, current current code varies state by state. The Pacific Northwest um, is a leader in early adoption of taller buildings. So certainly expect to see some significant growth in that area. From a project perspective, over the past five years, there have been about 664 projects in the United States, either that are in design and are either in, or either in construction or have been completed. So across the US, that's 664 projects over five years, all mass timber. So it could be the CLT, nail laminated, doll laminated, any of these manner that we've been talking about throughout the throughout the discussion today. Specific to the uh, Oregon and Washington region uh, in the Pacific Northwest, in that same five-year period, there's been 115 projects. So roughly a fifth of the projects across the United States um, that are mass timber in the Pacific Northwest. So it's a really the, the, the birthplace of mass timber in the US, but it's also great to see it spreading out across the country in this wide distribution. So as that's growing, there's a greater and greater, broader and broader interest in, in uh, this, this type of system. So there's been effort by our partner organization, AWC, to work with the International Code Council for, for code updates, which brings us to the recently adopted uh, code updates that'll go into play into effect in, um, at, as jurisdictions adopt the 2021 International Building Code will allow mass timber construction up to 18 stories. So there are 
varying levels of adoption. Uh, some jurisdictions are going ahead and allowing taller construction ahead of code for an early, early code adoption uh, process. Uh, so we're very excited about that. So we're trying to support that effort through education on a number of different levels. Uh, fundamentally, our focus has been architects and engineers to work on the design and the structural system. Um, we have found that as we worked specific to mass timber with architects and engineers, there's buy-in and they want to move forward. And we would get to a point where a contractor, uh, tremendous experience, most of it with, with steel and concrete, will get to a point of providing budgets to the owner and starting to price out the building. And because they have all this experience with steel and concrete, but very little with wood, there was a lack of understanding. They didn't have historical reference points. You know, a contractor probably has dozens of projects under their belt, maybe hundreds of projects, but zero wood, wood experience. So they just didn't have the historic experience to adequately price uh, a mass timber project. So we found on a number, a number of projects over the last few years that when it got to that point of budgeting and pricing, it would, it would start to fall apart because the contractor to cover their risks would add cost, add contingency to cover the unknowns. Um, and there's an artificial inflation of the cost. Uh, also found that there was not a holistic view of the schedule, not just as a component uh, or pricing comparisons to make sure it was just full system comparison because we find with mass timber, there's a significant time savings Mm -hmm. um, that occurs with the offsite manufacturing, the speed of construction on site, and then the impact of the follow-on trades who come behind and are able to move through a building faster and more efficiently uh, than they are in other structural systems. So yeah. the training that we've kind of developed is, is really recognizing that need with contractors and really focus in there and uh, Woodworks um, has established the construction management program that I'm I'm managing. My my background is with contractor structural systems and home building and, and then in military construction. So bringing some contractor experience to a architecturally and engineering heavy firm. Um, so I was pulling that program together and got our construction management program that really has two branches, a project management side and an installer side. Um, the project management side is moving ahead uh, with our first construction management workshop, which we are going to host at, or hold in, uh, in Seattle on November 7th. We have a, another in the Washington, D.C. area on December 11th, and then we'll continue those throughout the United States in, in 2020, going regionally throughout most of the major metropolitan areas in, in the country. And the goal there is uh, it's an eight-hour workshop focused on contractors and those that estimate, procure, and then manage new construction projects. We're bringing in experienced contractors, experienced designers, those with a real uh, understanding and a solid, strong resume of mass timber projects uh, uh, as a reference um, to help contractors understand from their peers how to go about uh, these projects. We're very excited to do that. Um, there's varying levels of the, the project management side. We have some smaller one hour lunch and learns that offer a, kind of an introductory 
mass timber, but the construction management workshop is a real deep dive into, into the process of managing these projects. Uh, so excited to get that off the ground, uh, thanks to the uh, U.S. Endowment and uh, U.S. Forest Service, we, uh, we were able to move ahead with that with that program this year. Um, from an installer side, where that'll be the, the folks that are physically doing the work of installation on site. Uh, we've had we have partnered with first with Chicago Carpenters, now with the uh, Seattle Carpenters on uh, providing mock-ups and training material support for their program so that they can begin training in, uh, in those regions. We have three workshops or three class sessions completed in Chicago. We're working with Seattle right now to develop that and to move, uh, move forward in the first half of next year with an installer, installer training in the Seattle area and uh, hope to continue that across the United States with other entities um, and then to expand into uh, framing contractors, timber contractors that are out there that are looking to, uh, to grow this uh, as part of their, uh, their offerings in the market mm -hmm. um, and, and moving forward that way. Awesome. I know. Um, so I know the the workshop you're holding on November seventh right now is sold out. Um, but you mentioned the uh, the installer programs up in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. Um, if I know a lot of our listeners would be interested in that, what uh, where would they go to find more information about that, or I guess more information about Woodworks in general? Easiest place woodworks.org, and then uh, when that home screen opens up, you'll see two big buttons: one for project support, project assistance, and the other for upcoming events. And the upcoming events will indicate the Woodworks hosted events across the country over the next few months. Um, specific for either the Chicago Carpenters or the uh, Northwest Carpenters Institute. Um, that will be their websites uh, to go there for their training. Um, the installer side, um, not quite to the point of having things active for a workshop or a class, but we'll get there in uh, the first half of 2020. Awesome. And then uh, I guess before we sign off, I want to I want to look towards the future. Um, I guess what what do you see the where do you see the future of Mass Timber going in the next few years? Um, I know you mentioned um, what was it, 18 story high rises. Um, do you see it mainly going towards that, or possibly uh, uh, moving into the residential uh, area as well? I think uh, as we look to the future, we look to the past, and there's certainly been a growth trend over the five years that. Uh, we've been involved in mass timber projects in the United States and expect that to continue. Um, getting to tall timber, the 18 stories, that's really dependent upon 2021 code adoption uh, by jurisdictions, and that'll dictate that uh, that outcome. Uh, there certainly has been interest and in growth. We see additional cross-laminated timber manufacturing facilities have come online um, in, in Alabama, in Washington, uh, we have facilities already up and running in Montana, Washington, Oregon, uh, others in, in Canada um, that are all supplying the U.S. market. So, um, and then European suppliers as well. Um, but generally, great interest. We see growth uh, and see opportunity um, with continued expansion of manufacturing facilities um, that makes product more available, uh, decreases schedules further, and allows owners, designers, and contractors more flexibility in what they're doing. So certainly would see, would have an expectation that in time, uh, it will grow into 
all manner of multifamily and commercial structures around the country. Um, probably concentrated in major metropolitan areas first, where you have uh, higher difficulty on site with tight sites, you have shortage of labor for construction, you have high labor costs, um, uh, generally brought on by that lack of labor. Um, so offsite manufacturing of CLT will uh, will focus in those areas. We would think uh, initially and then in time become a more widespread system used in, in, in any number of uh, projects. And it's really the same trend in European adoption of Astemer CLT over its 20, 25 years of use there. Awesome. All right, Jason, thanks for so much for joining us. I hope you have a great day and uh, we'll hear from you shortly, I'm sure. Yeah, and thanks very much and appreciate the opportunity and best luck to everyone. The opinions and information expressed in this podcast are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of NWCI or its partners or affiliates.